The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Bengals get a much needed victory over the Pittsburgh Squillers coming up on the Orange and New Black podcast. Hello world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. Yes, sir. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim. Zim, say what's up. Hello, world. How y'all feeling this evening? We are back. We're better than ever. And the weight of the world is lifted off of a, a whole fan base's shoulders. Along with my voice, so bear with me tonight, people. It's gonna be like that this season, though. Get I, used to Zim's voice <laughs> being going a lot this season. I, I can't stop. <laughs> it's gonna be like that. My mom, my mom texted me during the game. We were in the live stream, and uh, she was like, "Man, you uh, make sure you drink some tea and stuff like that, because I know you're yelling, Zim, but here I am." Nah, that's what moms are for. They're supposed to look out and give us that support and that advice. And we're going to be drinking a lot of tea this season. That's all I'm going to say. It's going to be a lot of tea going out this season. But obviously, 24 to 10, let's talk about it. Let's talk about 24 to 10. The Bengals get a much-needed win in Hines. From my opinion, for the most part, they dominated the game. Was everything perfect? No. Obviously, there were some miscues here and there. Uh, but when you look at the overall game, in my in my opinion, I think that it's a huge statement into the changing of the guard of the division in terms of the Bengals finally getting over that hump that was the Steelers. And I think that they showed signs of a completely different team today, whether it was, you know, getting up on them and being aggressive, whether it was not being scared of them at all, playing more disciplined, not really participating in any of you know, the physicalness or the arguing, not letting them bait them into any of that stuff and just really going out and handling business. I think that this Bengals team, you know, a lot of people were sleeping on them. Now they're at two and one. I don't think that you can use 
that that excuse for the same old Bengals. And, you know, it is early, but I think this team is just different, bro. I think a lot of people look at some of the issues that they've had in the past, some of the ways that they folded to the Steelers, some of the issues that they had, and, and people try to pinpoint all kind of certain things. I'm just pinpointing W's, bro, and it's just like that for me, honestly. Like, I, I can talk about a lot of things, but that's just my overall takeaway from this game. Zim, let me get your overall takeaway, and then we can dive into more of the details about this game. Yeah, I mean, you're saying everything that, you know, I felt is – I will say this it, from this standpoint. I said before the season started, I feel like this is our year to have fun. You know, I felt like last year was the Browns' year to have fun. If they're going to win it all and go crazy, they got to go win it this this uh, this year right now. For us, this is like our fun year, figure like getting our confidence, knowing that we could win these games. I didn't coming into the game in the back of my mind, I always said it was a victory. They were calling me Zimstradamus today and it and and I'm gonna run with it. I never thought for a second when I woke up, I never felt no type of anything. And I don't know if that's just a product of all the hard work this all season or just like me just being more confident in myself. I don't know. You know, like I'm just feeling way better about the team this year, despite some of the, the, the different things that we could talk about like later on uh, with coaching or anything that you could come up. But I'm like you. I watch a lot of football games. I watched the Ravens win a crazy game today earlier, right? I just had to go watch the replay. When it when it when it's all said and done, nobody cares how you won the game. They just look at W's and losses. So a lot of the fans, I think they'll probably say the rebuttal for that is that um, well, we have to pay attention to that so that we don't make mistakes moving forward, which I agree with. But this thing gets muddy, man. Like. You lose. You can lose a game like we did last week on like some BS. Like, had we tackled Fields at that spot, I still wake up and I still I'm still thinking about like, dog, if we would have just got the ball back, we'd be three and zero, right. and that's that's the margin of winning and losing in this league. And and people got to understand like it's not going to look pretty. And the good teams like the Chiefs, the Ravens today, they win tight, tight matchups every single week. So this idea that you're going to come in there and steamroll professional football players, I just don't know where people even get that from. Like, you know, like even when we went up, I told my mom, I told my mom, I talked to her afterwards. I said, hey, we could have put maybe 30 something, 40 points on them, possibly. Right. And she was like, why didn't you? I was like, well, you, st- you take your foot off the pedal a little bit. You got to give them whatever. And as a result, it gave Stiller some time to come back. Um, kick the field goal to make it look a little bit prettier. Um, there, and then she was like, Did Ben have a big day? I was like, Not really, but right. I was like, If you look at the stat sheet, it's gonna look good because we just let them dink and dunk, dink and dunk at the end of the end. So I'm like, So you have to watch these football games to understand like how this game is gonna go. We dominated this game just like we dominated week one, week two. I felt like for the most part, the defense did everything that they had to do. I thought today they weren't as clean as they were. Remember, we won no penalties at home. I think that right. was a, part, a product of uh, them not being, you know, home. But Trey Hopkins had two big holding calls. That one before the half, I, w- I thought I was going to regret them not getting that three points. And then he had the other yeah. hold. Then he had the other hold, and later in the game when it was a big, um, 
I gotta go back and look at it. It was like a big run or something like that. Yeah, right? it was a big mix and run that I mean, then we're talking about probably 30 something to 10, but that's yeah. how games go. Right. And that and that's why I think people need to understand is like you gotta watch some of these games if you think that teams are just getting steamrolled out of here. Like even even whoever y'all think is the best team. I'm watching the Bucks. I just was at the bar watching the Bucks and um and the Rams. Rams. And the Rams. Mm-hmm. The Bucks are probably without a doubt like the Warriors of the of the National Football League. They don't look like the Warriors when you play in football because it's so different. Like there's so many bodies, like and so many people, and so many different things that can go wrong. Like they're not just out there just trouncing, you know, teams. Even though at the end of the game, Tom Brady is going to be Tom Brady, and uh, the stats going to be the stats. And I just thought like they, I just felt really good about this game. I said two and one before the game even started. Like I, yeah. I said that right. all over Twitter. Two right. and one. Like I looked at the uh, Steelers playing um, uh, the Raiders last week. I said if if we play anything like that, any like any that. anything remotely like that, like what? <laughs> I don't care if TJ Watt, his brother came out there, or whatever. You might have got right. some hits on us or whatever, but there was no way that there. You you hit you you hit it right on the on the hill. And I was saying this during my broadcast. It's not that they're a terrible team. They're mm-hmm. just good with. They're okay, and their fan base is probably going to have to get used to them being seven and nine, eight and right. eight. Right. I, I mean, well, now eight and nine or whatever, because they they have to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, they have to lose to go. You have to lose to go get yourself a Joe Burrow. And right. I, I just and they're not a bad team. They're just the worst team in our division. And I think it's really clear. Like they're clear cut. I know that their uniform is black and yellow, but they're clear <laughs> cut the worst team in our division. And it's very very clear. I don't care T.J. White is there in that game. Their offense is terrible. Right. No, I'm with you. That's big fact. Shout out to my man, Roddy Everlap. He gives uh, a super chat and shows props to, to Jackson Carmen. I think, like you said, I felt the same way. Uh, coming into this game, you know, a lot of people haven't watched, like you said, all of the games. As you as you know, we both watched the Steelers games uh, the last two weeks. The last, well, I guess it's three. Well, I guess it's three weeks now, but the last two weeks, right? People are saying, you know, the Steelers are sloppy and this and that. That's not anything new. <laughs> that's not like that's not something that's new or breaking news or has only showed up against the Bengals. They have been a, a pretty sloppy team from the get go. If you watch week one, they were sloppy in that Bills game. The Bills just happened to be sloppy as well. If you watch them in week two, they were sloppy. Uh, the offense is all over the place. I wasn't surprised that Ben threw a pick. I wasn't surprised when I said that before this game, everyone was talking about the Bengals offensive line being worried about the Steelers pass rush. I was saying, no, the Steelers need to be worried about the Bengals defensive line because their offensive line is not good. I sat on here and talked with Bengals fans and all kinds of people. And before the season happened, when we did positional rankings on AFC North talk, I said that the Steelers have a worse offensive line than the Cincinnati Bengals. Their line is worse than ours. It's, argu- it's arguably, it's arguably, Bottom three in the league. You, it's one of the worst. Well, lines on, in all of football, I, I don't like know what their P, I don't know what their PFF grade is, but on paper, just assembling those guys mm-hmm. and putting them together that fast, right? On paper, that's the worst line in the league. Like right. to me, I, I, I think it's between them and the Jets. Honestly, like on paper, right. the Jets look better. But and the, and the Bears, no, yeah. If you're going straight off of paper, it's definitely the Steelers. And, 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 and possibly the Bears. Bears. And possibly yeah. the Bears. And, and I'm yeah. not saying that because they got the nine sacks today. You right. could also 
because you don't know what the Dolphins are going to be. But the right. Dolphins, like for everybody that's saying that y'all going to get Joe Burrow killed, mm -hmm. go look at how Tua got hurt. Like exactly. it never looked like that. Like that's what I'm saying. Like people got to watch some other games, bro. Like that is super key. I think that changes our perspective a little bit. It's like right. we're watching other games. If you see how Tua got hurt with the broken ribs, like their fan base should be like, what the hell? Like did it? Joe was never like that. Like when Mahomes was in the Super Bowl, I was telling my man, they was like, man, their line is terrible. But they making jokes about ours. I was like, go show me a clip. A Joe Burrow running around like that and just throwing the football like, like nah, he was cool and poised. He got his ass kicked in the Eagles game and the Steelers game last year. And, I mean, we just rectified that. Right. Nah, I'm with you. I, I think that we talked about it, and I just hated to see it last week because the offensive line I felt like got critiqued unfairly. Uh, you talk about week one, only two sacks given up by, by Trey Hopkins. You talk about week two, you could probably say Jonah is responsible for one, Riley Reese responsible for two. Maybe maybe you even throw Suofilo in there, right? But even with that being said, that's still five sacks given up by the offensive line. There were other sacks that were given up from free rushers that we touched on. I'm not going to continue to talk about it. But in this game, I was glad that I don't even know if somebody even sneezed on Joe Burrow in this game. One pressure the entire game from the Steelers defensive line. One pressure, and no he, people can talk about no TJ Watt and, and no this and that, no Highsmith. They still had Melvin uh, Ingram, who is a very good edge rusher, still had some sacks last week. Uh, they also had uh, Cam Hayward, who was having an elite season up until he ran into Quentin Spain and ended up on lock today. We, we we can talk about that, too, because Evan Silva wants to talk about journeyman linemen. That looked pretty damn good for a journeyman today with him locking Quentin Spain up. Uh, but let's just talk about the growth of this offensive line. I feel like we're the only ones that try to give them credit. Um, shout out to my man Jackson Carmen today. Came in for Xavier Suofilo. I never doubted him because I never doubt anything that Willie Anderson tells me. I'm not. I'm never going to second guess whatever Willie says. And all I expected from Jackson Carmen is, is to just come in and not do anything that made him noticeable. Now, early on, he did have a penalty, I believe. There was a stunt that they tried to use on him. But the one thing that I would say about Jackson Carmen that I loved in this game is I would see several times, and Zim, you probably saw this too, they would come up to the line, and while they were making their assignments, I would look and see Jackson Carmen turn around, talk to Joe Burrow, and say, yep. I got this person to that person, right. I got this person. And when it came, he was in place and on point and definitely showed that acumen to, I think, I mean, honestly, to go into this game and do what he did, I think you just keep him in there. What's the point of bringing Xavier Suofilo or whatever in there? I think oh, oh no, that's, that's, that's over. It's over. It's over. <laughs> we got, we got. And this is, this what, was what, the plan. What did I harp on? What did, you know, like, I'm with you, too, because right. I'm a, I'm a, I believe in Jackson Carmen, too, but it's right. based off of when we got to draft day. Remember that morning? I right. said, man, when, when we when we knew that the Bengals like Jackson Carmen, right. and, and then you know, and then you know that Willie got a call, and you know whatever. Right. And from that moment on, I said, all right, then he cool, he gonna right. work, right? Right. But the plan always, and I always told James this. James repeating. I hope you're checking this out because he says that Chase has nothing to do with Carmen. Oh, and, he has and, everything to do with and, it. And in a lot of ways, he doesn't. If he just goes out and he makes everybody forget about everything. 
But if right. Jackson Carmen ends up being a bust or whatever, there's always going to be pessimistic Bengals guy that says, oh, we should have dragged Penis too well, right? So, <laughs> I said that with a straight face. That was so funny. <laughs> and um, so it's always going to be that guy saying it. But I just feel like they kind of go hand in hand, and it's just a clear testament of the change in the times. Like, you can get you a legitimate ball player, a guard at the top of the at the top of the draft, and it doesn't have to be the first round. Right. We communicated that to the fan base. That's not to say that if a stellar one is up there next year and he's sitting there right on the board, you know, go take him. But I just felt like this is like they kind of go hand in hand because right. it that was the play. I kept on telling you, and I, I think I beat it into a drum really, really bad to the mm-hmm. point where Xavier Sulafilo comes around. My boy Jay, shout out to my man Jay TBR um, uh, Fitness and Training. Uh, he trains Xavier Sulafilo. So I started seeing stuff. I'm like, man, it's not so bad, da da da. But in the back of my head, I'm like, man, that's a high premium pick. Second round is not like some backup dude. Like, right. you're drafting that to start eventually if right. it can't start right away. And so that was one of the things. So now that he's out there and he bowled, no pressures, 19 reps, um, no, no quarterback hits, no sacks allowed. Like, it's yeah, time. Right. It's, it's time. time. It's time. <laughs> like it, it's time. I mean, and, and that is what it is. And I, I kept on telling people early in the season, I think a lot of people, especially on Twitter, kept on telling me, like, Zim, why are you so pressed to have him play? Like, whatever. Cause I'm like, look, I understand, like, y'all, y'all want to be super positive. I'm I'm just as positive as anybody in the world. Mm-hmm. But I will be, I will turn on 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 this part of it. You cannot draft that high and have a guy fail because it's mm-hmm. detriment to your football team. And that's the one thing that I did know. So I want it's very important that Jackson Carmen hit the ground running and is a dog because he could potentially could potentially be our starting right tackle in the future when Riley right. Reef isn't there too. So it's very important that he's po- that he's confident too. And it's in and, and I kept on saying this thing on Twitter saying, you guys need to put down the clipboard and get out here because it's true. Like, y'all saying this stuff on paper, like, nah, like, talent plays. And I don't care what y'all talking about, like, talent plays. And, and that's my whole point. Like, he's, no, too, he's too talented to just be sitting on the bench. And I look at teams like the Steelers or whatever. Uh, even though we beat their ass today, I still respect what they've done from offensive line play in the National Football League. If they draft Jackson Carmen second round, trust and believe he will start. Like oh, they, yeah, they they were like starting like so they were that, starting undrafted cats out here this season. They it, they were kind of wilding. But you know that's the but that's the formula for Bengals fans that don't understand this. Y'all think that the Bengals are cheap? The Steelers don't pay people, and how they pay people? They draft guys like Deontay Johnson, and they make sure that they hit guys like early Kendrick Greens of the world, Dotsons. They make sure that they hit, and even if and if they don't hit, they'll get rid of them. But they want them guys to play right away. So that for the next four years, they don't have to pay them. And that really, really helps out their franchise a lot. That helps them out a lot. Yeah, you like you said, that's why they walked away from Pouncey. That's why they walked away from the Castro, those contracts and stuff like that, because they drafted those young kids and threw them into the fire. I honestly feel like the, the with Pittsburgh, when it comes to it, if you were tracking them last year, their, their offensive line wasn't good last year either. I always felt like, it was never the same after Mike Munchak ended up leaving. Um, they had the offensive line coach leave. They put in this new system. Uh, for me, 
I've been telling Steelers fans and like Bengals fans that Big Ben, the time is done. Old man Ben, we kind of had a, another funeral for him, I think, um, today with him throwing those picks. I was not surprised by him. He got hit a lot. He took chances when he felt dangerous. And it's like, these aren't those same Bengals anymore, bro. Like the deep shots aren't going to work. The, the, you know, running around in the pocket, you're not going to be able to run away from these defense alignment. It was a totally different Bengals team and Bengals defense. Got to give shouts out to Logan Wilson, who is looking like one of the top linebackers in the league right now. Let's just call it what it is after four interceptions in three games. Somebody tweeted that like, that's just different. That's not, that's not normal, right? Um, so Logan Wilson, big shout out to him. Big shout out to Eli Apple. He's been getting a lot. He's been catching a lot of hell within these first two weeks. I thought that he played solid today. Let's just say that. Right. Um, no, nah, I, I, th- I thought he played good. Last he week, good. Last week he, he played pretty good, but then he had the big penalty or whatever. This week he had right. a penalty. Man, he played good. He was he step for step. He yeah. played, he was step yeah. for step with Claypool before Claypool got hurt. Right. Nah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I saw that. I saw them go to our boy Chris Evans early in the game. I like that. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, on, I'm gonna tell you on on, on the interception. Dead. On the interception, go watch the replay on that. Chris I'm Evans. Have to check it out. Chris Evans. Uh, now that goes straight through Tyler Boyd. That's that's another thing. You know, our ops gonna tell us about Joe Burrow threw another interception, sophomore slump. Like they don't watch the game, but if you watch that yeah. game, goes through Tyler Boyd head, tipped up, interception, right? Right. Uzama's yeah. open on that. Now, I'm not here to critique, like, say whatever. Like, I'm not out right. there throwing a the football, but right. Chris Evans is wide open on that <laughs> on that play. Go watch that play. I'm going to go back and watch that. Uh, but, you know, another thing I felt like that set the tone early, we don't talk about him much. And it's crazy because we love this guy. But Tyler Boyd, that first touchdown, oh, yeah. he runs into to Melvin Ingram, bounces right off of him, goes in for his first touchdown. Um, at Heinz Field, you know, he's from the area. That right. was major. That he said, he said, he said, before the game, this is my house. This is my crib. That's <laughs> what he said. Crib. That's his crib. And he showed them whose house it is. Jamar Chase, I'm going to let you talk about Jamar Chase. We all know, we all know about Chase. This dude is on fire. Two receptions. All right, wait. Hold on. Two touchdowns. I think it was four receptions, 65 yards. He's averaging 16.2 yards per target just in this game alone four touchdowns on the season talk to us about chase draft night draft night i knew i debuted i debuted my uno chain today and i actually got so hyped i like hit a piece and i think like and i gotta put it back on but i debuted the uno the draft night god is my witness i hit my jeweler i said hey look i need a uno chain as soon as it the pick was in that night because I knew that it's going to take like as much criticism. We might go this year. We might criticize coaching a lot, like or or the fans might criticize it. It's it's going to be one of our one Achilles heels that I think is going to rear its hair head at some point. Even how he started this game, I honestly felt like they could have put like way more pressure on on, on the first drive. I was really really like I felt like that touchdown before the half kind of bailed him out a little bit. Right, but. I, if we have dogs, if I, I've watched, like, I, I said this during the, during the live because I invited a lot of Steelers people to come into my live today. A lot of black and yellow players, they're not really as talented as what the media would like you to believe. 
But I'm going to tell you, the one time when I was scared to death of them dudes, and it was the last time that we ever won there. I was there 2015. Uh, me and my wife was just talking about it. It's the last time the Bengals won in Stillersfield. A.B. and Le'Veon Bell and some of the guys that they had out there or whatever were super, super talented, where I just watched them just get the ball in space. Some of the same pick plays that they try to do today, they're not able to do it when you don't have dogs. And I'm looking around the league, and I'm like, these, these guys got these dudes. These got these dudes. Like, you know what I'm saying? But not that, not a shot at Billy Price or not. But, like, some of those picks are just fear picks. You know, like uh, Drew Sample, it's not his fault he was picked in the second round because I think he'll be a solid fo- football player, you know, for somebody. Like, by the time his four years is off, like, he'll still be in the league. He'd probably be solid. But a lot of those picks are fear picks where – they don't want to go and take the chance that they took on a John Ross. That's why I've been so adamant about, like, John Ross is, is a good pick in the sense of this is a person that can j- break through the, the what I call the simulation or whatever. It's like what they want everybody. They want us all. Like, even if you listen to the broadcast, they want us to just, you know, Jamar Chase scores a touchdown. The announcer is now going back over the highlights on how he thought that it was like a holding or something to play before. They don't even show, they don't even want to show you the Jamar Chase touchdown or whatever, right? But then Najee Harris runs for a 17 yard uh, uh, run and the dude goes crazy. He loses it. Like he right. thinks, I, I thought Najee Harris scored or something, right? Right. Because, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's based on these teams, these national media outlets and stuff, they're banking on fear picks like Billy Price. Uh, Drew Sample and things like that, where or or and, and not to say that Panay Sewell would have been a fear pick, but it's a safe pick. Right. I knew that there had to be something out there that's that we could do that we could do better than everybody else. And when I, I kid you not, T. Higgins will be fine. We're going to have three wide receivers with a thousand yards, and it's based off of if you play fantasy football, these three every week should get eight targets. When I start out the game, like how the way you start out, that's not enough. That's what I'm saying about Zach. Like you drafted to give Jamar Chase eight targets, to give uh, Tyler Boyd eight targets, and T. Higgins eight targets every single game. And that's not normal. That doesn't mean that you have to throw a whole bunch of times, but that's how you draft it. And every time that Jamar Chase gets a ball thrown his way, I'm like, yes, he should. And and, and a lot of people will uh, hit me and they text me up like, they'd be like, bro, I know you hype. I'm getting to the point where I be, I'm like, I'm all starting to look at these games. And when he scores and I'd be like, yeah, I knew it. Like, I knew yeah. it. Like, he's that uh, good. But mm-hmm. I had to I had to let everybody else see it. I had to be really, really hyped beforehand mm-hmm. because I knew that everybody else would be like, man, I'm scared. Of, you know, this might be like another John Ross thing or whatever. So I had to be like super, super, super hyped before to get everybody's attention and like and show you highlights, 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 so y'all can understand the talent that is it. When he had the drops and stuff, it was like people started to waver from him. But I'm right. like, man, you must ain't see this dude at LSU. And then they right. would be like, well, that was college. I'm like, dude, right. them dudes running the same speed now. Like the, like the gap on college and in, 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 in football and in that NFL started to close because guys only play one year if that. This right. dude did this all this in his freshman and sophomore year. So I'm like, if you thought he was lit then, look how he's running away from people now. Right. Now, I never thought he was that fast. I swear to God. I, I never thought, like, if you watch him on tape, mm-hmm. he looks like he runs a 4-3. Because right. now, 
he's just blowing past guys like at the line of scrimmage. Whereas I was just more so wanting to get him get uh, separation at the line of scrimmage, get be, get the possessions, occasionally go deep. But it's very it's very like through three weeks of the season, mm-hmm. it's very clear teams better back the hell up because here here we come. Because imagine if T Higgins was out there, that would have been ugly. That would have been ugly. Yeah. Now, now, now on yeah. the other flip side of things, say Deontay Johnson's out there today. It doesn't, it, yeah. it, it doesn't change that you still got an old quarterback that's not mobile. You I know, think, like I think Deontay would have helped. I honestly he, after watching sure. him, I think he, he he's is the best, best he, receiver. For sure. And I knew that they would be lost without him. Like on those plays where Ben took those deep shots and it wasn't anybody running the right routes. That's like a Deontay right. Johnson play, but right. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, right. I just I just think because Ben is so not mobile anymore, and and mm-hmm. when the pocket starts to break down around him, mm-hmm. I just think I just I I really I, I mean it's not our problem, but okay. he really he really really holds them back like a lot. Right. Like yeah. I know his I know his stat line like might look crazy because he's smart enough to dump it off. Najee Harris, Najee Harris, like Najee mm-hmm. Harris had what like 15, 16 well, targets. He had like 12 catches that he was he had to and, be that leading in my fa- in my fantasy league. Like this dude went crazy, <laughs> you know, off the catches, but yeah, you know, those aren't those aren't real yards, you know, like he's not pushing the ball downfield. Look at how the Bengals are playing. Like we're not even scared of it of the deep threat or whatever. Like the reason why Eli Apple's one on one with James Washington, they don't even think that Ben could even throw it that far. Like right. at this point in his career, I'm telling, I'm telling you, like it's a good thing for us. It's a great thing for us. That's why, but, yeah, yeah. He's super, super hampering like everything that they want to do. I promise you. No, and, I'm, and, with, I'm with you. That, that was one of the things that I had said. I'm like, like he, for them to have all of those receivers to hold on to an older Ben Roethlisberger. You know, they can do that, but like you said, and like we said, they are a good enough team where they'll be in a similar situation oh, to yeah. us with Andy Dalton, where you're going to win too many games outside of the games that Andy got hurt to to really get that next quarterback. That's not our problem. I mean, right. honestly, that's not our problem. I don't want them to get that quarterback, but it just Man, is, it just is what it is. But with, like with, said, with, with those weapons that they got with Najee Harris, with Najee Harris and, 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 and Deontay and a healthy Juju, like those dudes are for real. So I'm not – I'm just saying currently right now right? in the division, they're the worst team in the division, not because of the talent. It's because of their coaching is finally off. Like their yeah. the offensive their offensive coordinator like I, as the any, anybody watching my live today I'm calling I know Eric, like they're they're running eight they're running probably about ten different four formation variations off of eight plays like mm-hmm. I'm calling all their plays and right. if I'm doing that at home like anybody that's in here like tell them I'm calling all their plays the whole time so they're really hampered on offense and that and that's a big thing and when you start talking about like okay. Where our defense is going to carry us, and then when you get your defense and your best your best corner Sutton isn't really like, I feel like a woozy at this point is out mm-hmm. is a better you know what I'm saying like then we yeah. start looking at the matchups all across the field and, and with the them, even with them and, having Hayden I felt like Chase was a was too much for him he's too he's young, way he's too, too he, fast he's look, too strong it's a different because a lot of people were like oh you know Hayden was the AJ nah. was the A and and That's I keep old. saying this when I when I would always say don't compare AJ and Chase. It's because their build is they're two completely different receivers right. with different skill sets. Chase is more of like they've been talking about. A, he has more of a running back build. 
right? That's right. not what you normally get in a receiver. He's shifty. He's got speed and stuff like that. He's always throwing guys off of his shoulder. It's a different kind of thing there. So, like, some people were connecting the dots and saying, Hayden used to, you know, lock up AJ, so he's just going to lock up Chase. It's it, two it, completely different type of receivers. It, it's kind of like um... – uh, somebody tell me AJ AJ went, went off. off today. He did go off today. Yes. Five receptions, 112 yards. Yes, Sirski. You know, we never That's my gave boy. up on AJ. We That's my boy. That's my boy for life. He he at <laughs> some dope. point, at some point, he's gonna have to come back to uh you know uh Paul Brown Stadium. Fact. And they're gonna have to show him the love that he deserves because man, I would I probably wouldn't even be sitting here in front of y'all right now if it weren't for if it AJ. Wasn't Green. For him. If it really, I really want like Ocho and all them. Like I, I feel you. Like yeah. yeah, but it's something about AJ's demeanor, um, just uh, him as a person that just yeah. made me like say, you know, like because sometimes I couldn't, I can be too loud and boisterous, right? But mm-hmm. AJ Green is like the person that would probably be like Zim. You need to like chill out, and and <laughs> and it's just so great to watch him because I just know, like you know, like sometimes he does that little shoulder shrug, and I'll be like. You know, like it's the same thing, you know, and uh, that's a whole nother subject. But today, I mean, I think um, who are you giving your game ball to? Man, I that's a that's a great one. I, as much as I want to give it to Logan Wilson, I'm giving it to to the trenches. How about that? We giving it to the trenches right, because right. I think the offensive line. I think there was a stat out there today uh, by our man Drew on Twitter. He said that this was. The first time, I think in 75 years, that the Steelers have not recorded a sack in the game. The Bengals broke that streak today. And then when you turn to the flip side, Cam Sample gets a sack. You know, B.J. Hill gets another sack. Trey Hendrickson, who I always believed in, got another sack. Sam Hubbard got a sack. To me, it's going to the trenches because it's a collective effort. It's not about one guy in particular. Uh, but if you were to give it to one guy, it probably is Logan Wilson, two interceptions. I, I nah. curse Jamar Chase. I was about to say, hey, look, Uno. my if it's me, mm-hmm. man, he just he he's the ultimate. It just hasn't. I I think people still in that stage where they're still trying to understand like what's going on. Right. But it took Justin Jefferson a little bit of time to wake people up too. Right. But I think after three weeks, I think he's put the whole league on notice. Like. He demands a different type of coverage. And the the Steelers are lucky that T. Higgins wasn't healthy enough to play today because that would have been ugly. That's what I that's what I mean by like like when this when you made this shirt, you know, like this is this is real. Like I think yeah. people thought we was capping just like you know what I'm saying, like trying yeah. to hype hype like it. We just like, at, to hype it like for sure, there's a lot of NFL teams that have a lot of wide receivers, you know, some really good wide receivers. Right. And that's why I laugh at the Browns and stuff like that. I'm like, y'all got some wide receivers, but do you got three guys that are 20-something years old on any of these rosters? The only teams that I, that can mess with it is the Steelers and the Cowboys. All these other teams like the Titans, the Buccaneers, teams that people really, really value their, their core wide receivers, they got two guys. They never really have three. And t- today we got a fourth because even Auden Tate shows up. Even Mike Thomas shows up, right? But we're not even going to count them. Just our three in the prime of their careers. That could be a number one on any team. On any team. Tyler Boyd is the most underrated wide receiver in the National Football League. He would carry rosters. Like, he would carry a whole lot of teams. I just think because he plays in Cincinnati, we kind of look at it a little bit different. 
But if you right. go watch some of these other teams, like who are the best slot wide receivers in the league? It and Tyler Boy always uh competes with them numbers wise statistically and is always there. And he's just a gamer. And I just think like it's so perfect that Higgins wasn't there and then he played and he did his thing. But Jamar Chase, I just think if he bails them out at the end of that half and puts the points on the board to make it so that the Steelers now are like now they're they're panicking. And like, bro, I'm I'm pretty sure you probably panic. saw this too. I saw it coming because I saw the safety creep up and I said, Hold on, Mika's on the whole other side. I'm like, throw it to Chase. I'm like, the safety has crept up over the top Edmonds or whatever. I saw him move up and I was like, bro, they gotta throw this to Chase. This is the deep bomb. Right. This is the deep bomb that they're looking for here. When you Man, see on, on, on that one, I, I didn't in the sense of there were a couple favorable matchups. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like it's hard to line up against the Bengals. That's why I feel like even when we come out there like on Thursday night, it's really important that Zach like scares the living daylights out of it off the first at the very beginning on the first drive. I want to see them score on the first drive. Right. I think if you see them score on the first drive, mm-hmm. it's gonna change like a lot of stuff. But he continuously comes out there and tries to run, 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 run like we're mm-hmm. some power football team. We could run all day with Mixon. He was running a, he was running like a savage all day. Yeah. Five yards a clip. Oh my god, the holes were so beautiful. Like, let's talk about the run blocking. Like, yeah, the you, run blocking was good. Like, today, the run too. blocking was the bestest look all year. And I know right. he had less yards today, but them holes right. was man, them holes was wide open. If that, bro. if that, like you said earlier, if that Trey Hopkins one isn't called back, he easily has a hundred yards. I actually thought going into this game that they should run the ball with them missing Tyson Alualu, who went down last week. Uh, Stefan Tua wasn't there. And, like, a lot of people overlook that part of it because if you look at week one, and this is how I knew that they would be susceptible to it. Even in that Bills game, we all know the Bills don't run the ball, right? The Bills were able to get some yards against the Steelers week one. And then they go into week two and Josh Jacobs is hurt. So the Raiders aren't even thinking about running the ball. Like, Josh Jacobs was out. There's no point to do it. There was only, I think, there was less than 100 rushing yards combined in that last game between the Steelers and the Raiders. And so I was looking at it like this is perfect for them to do both, right? Like also be able to go out there, throw the ball considerably on this defense, especially with T.J. Watt out, and establish the run. And the only only issue that I had was he tried to be more – there was a moment where I think he was listening to the fan base and was like, let's be aggressive. And I think that it was me personally, I don't think it was the right time. It was like we were up, I think, 24 to 10, and we got the ball back. And I'm like, run the ball with Mixon because you got it. It was like seven oh, minutes. Oh, yeah. Left. Then he threw the And I was like, run the ball with Mixon. He threw the pass. It stops the clock. And then it sets you up for second and 10. So then you got to throw another pass. That doesn't go well. And so you barely, you really only got to take time off of the clock on third down. And I think he did the, he did the, the draw play like the next play or something like that or on third down or something like that. And I just felt like he probably should have came out and did. I love the unbalanced formation that he brought in with the heavy package. I feel like we haven't seen that in years. But I think that he should have. That was an opportunity. I think he should have tried to run the ball to get some of the clock out. I got to address this really quick because a lot of people in the comments, of course, I knew I was going to say that. But this 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 is the New Day stuff that I'm talking about. As Bengals fans, we're trained not to value our players higher than others. I didn't say that we had the best offensive line, right? 
I feel like we have the best wide receiver core, 20 something years old, like our core, right? Mm-hmm. Immediately, people say the Buccaneers. We talking about a 30 something year old AB and what Scotty Miller, like they're mm-hmm. telling you and they're conditioning you to where are their first round picks, where are their second round picks, where's the, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, what, right. like, um, Evans just coming up a, a, a injury plague season. And, and, and then I think they get, that's where people are getting it twisted. I think what you're saying is, yes, those guys are good in terms of super good. I, as so a they're not in their prime. That's what you're saying. Like, right, AB, right. It would be like, right, right. who, who, who would you start a team with? Who would you start a team with right now? Would you go draft AB or Jamar Chase? You would draft Jamar Chase because he's younger and right. is closer to his peak who, than AB who, is. Who would, you, who would you draft right now? Jamar Chase or uh, Mike Evans? Uh, Jamar Chase. I mean, who would, who, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so you yeah. would do that for Higgins. You would do that for right. Boyd too. They're in the prime of their careers. Somebody yeah. said the Browns receivers are up there. Who do they have? Landry cannot see Boyd. OBJ is coming off a torn ACL. So the same benefit of the doubt. That's what I get on here every week and say. It's like as Bengals fans, we're trained not to value our play our players as much as the other team. Every team in the National Football League would die for Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Boyd Combo. That doesn't even exist, bro. That's what I'm trying to tell y'all. Like, all these teams that they're naming, like the Cardinals, they they, they said uh, Rondell Moore, who is a rookie, who is not mm-hmm. has not done what Jamar Chase has done, A.J. Green, who y'all all counted out, and Christian Kirk, and, De- and, and then a hurt DeAndre Hopkins. Like, Hopkins is, is lit and, and dope, right? But put put these collectives versus 21-year-old, 24-year-old guys that are number ones for their team. The yeah, only I, think, t- I think what you're the saying o- the is only right team now – The only for, team is the Cowboys and Tillers, bro. That's the now, only Yeah, team. and I think that that's what you're saying because Cardinals, they all have that what? in common, which is the, the Steelers have three young guys probably, you know, at most 25. That's what Zim is saying. He's saying for guys that are in – you know, their prime are super young, not close to the age of 30. Right. The Bengals have three of those guys is what he's saying. And collectively, think, think, think the only teams that. that have that are the Steelers, Deontay Johnson, Juju, as well as Clay Claypool. And Dallas, where they have Cooper. They've got Michael Lamb. Gallup and, and Lamb. C.D. Lamb. So that's what he's saying. It, it, but think about it. When you talk about all the other teams like the Chiefs, you got to include their tight end to say that you want to compete yeah. with this. You see what I'm saying? Like right. there's a, a whole lot of, oh, but yeah, but oh, yeah, can I include Kelsey? Or there's a yeah. whole lot of, okay, well, yeah, Cardinals, yeah, but A.J. Green. But y'all just mm-hmm. told me that A.J. Green was done last year. Now suddenly he goes mm-hmm. to the Cardinals. He's better. See, that's what I'm saying as Bengals fans. Like, then they talk about the Titans or whatever. They have two wide receivers, and they're always hurt. <laughs> and they're all, and one of them's really old now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But people right. overvaluing it. I think that's a little off subject, but it was a lot nah, of comments. Nah, on, it was a lot of comments on that. But I, as a collective, sure, the Chiefs with Kelsey, uh, Tyreek Hill, um, you know what I'm saying, the Hardman right. and them guys, like, yeah, dope. But as far as wide receiver trios, it ain't another Best in the league. young receiver trio in the NFL right, right now. And, and, and the only way I can prove it to y'all is let them play. Because all right. three of them will get a 1,000 yards. And everybody that y'all just named, the people that just named that in the comments, none of them teams going to have three of their wide receivers with a 1,000 yards or even close to it. I promise you. Scotty Miller is going to have 300. Godwin's going to have 900, maybe 1,000. Chris, I mean, uh, Evans is going to – I say Chris Evans. Evans. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. as a collective, they might have more yards. 
right. they're not going to have a better wide receiver trio. That was my. And opinion. they got they got a ton of, of weapons that they can use over there. Um, you know, Tom Brady is it's a lot of targets to go around. They still got Gronk over there. They still have OJ Howard. They've got Geo as a third. So yeah, I get where Zim is coming from when it comes to that. But let's talk about the Bengals being two on one. Uh, this was a huge win because, as you all know, they were actually tied. They were actually first if you went by the tiebreaker system going into this game. This adds another layer to it, right? So now they have the divisional record tiebreaker, and then they also have, as far as record against AFC, they're also winning in that because, as you know, the the Baltimore Ravens lost to the Raiders. Didn't seem like it may have had huge ramifications, but that does because now their winning percentage is at – 50%. And then I believe it was the that. Browns lost to the Chiefs. That's the AFC. So even if we're tied with those guys, we still have two tiebreakers. So it's almost like we have a game and a half lead on those guys because of that. Now, obviously, we play the Jaguars next week. We would like to continue to keep that going. Uh, but that's just something. Mike, like to keep it going. We're going to beat the doors off them boys on Thursday night. Yes, sir. That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> That's how I'm feeling. Um, so just so you guys know, me and Zim will definitely be in the building uh, next Thursday night for the football game. We're also going to be doing something with our sponsor, Midwest Best Barbecue. So please be sure to check it out. It's going to happen Wednesday night at 7 o'clock at Midwest Best Barbecue. So please be sure to check the description. Me and Zim will be there. We're going to have some folks come through. Uh, we're going to have some guests, some special live things going on. It's going to be a live show food, drinks, all kind of stuff. So definitely be sure to come in, holla at us. If you guys do want to see us in person and meet before the game, um, you can definitely do that. And then we'll also be at the game uh, working with the Bengals and Emily Parker. So we appreciate that. There also will be Commissioner Yaz. Jake and James Rapine will be there as well. Joe Goodberry. <laughs> Jake, and <James>. <laughs> Jake and James Rapine. <laughs> but <laughs> there, no, look. I, look, Ace said it the political way. If y'all want to rock with us and y'all and y'all really, really, really been, if y'all feel like we are important to the Bengals uh, culture, I think it's really, really important that you guys come show out. I know a lot of other stuff is going to go on on Wednesday night, I'm sure. I'm going right. to be blasting this all over my Twitter, Instagram and stuff. But on Wednesday, we are going to be at that Midwest barbecue. If you ever wanted to support us in any type of way, if you didn't ever send a super chat or anything like that, please come to Midwest but, uh, Barbecue. It's about 15 uh, minutes from the stadium. It's in Loveland. Um, great people, great food, great drinks, family friendly. I'm gonna be on my best behavior, I promise. But I really, <laughs> but I, but I really, really uh, think you guys um, should uh, come out there and come hang with us. We're gonna do a live show. So every time that you guys have ever commented on there, I'm gonna give people an opportunity to talk directly into the mic. And you can look me right in my eyes and tell me about who you think is the best wide receiver core or whatever you want to talk about. Um, right, facts. And we'll you, have all kind of this is your chance and stuff like that too. Um, so come come and holler at us. We got the orange and new black coupons. We might have potentially some shirts and some merch and, and do some giveaways or something like that. Um, so please be sure to check us out. But Zim, we got to leave this and we got to get out of here with a yes. Sirski. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it had a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> uh, never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in 